Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. That's right. Welcome to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, Dito with you tonight. This is a show where conversations save lives, and this is episode 121. My name is Jeff. DW, you're here tonight, man. Looking good. You know just about everybody around this place. Well, not really. No? Not really. It's just that I'm older. And and you know when you're older, you look at people and you know them, but you forget their name? <laughs> That's what happens. Never happens to me. And coconut oil doesn't help that. Really? No. I just found no. this list of like, I don't know, 80 or some, you know, a ton of ways that coconut oil is supposed to help you. I, I'm surprised it doesn't help you remember names. No, it doesn't. You know what? I, I, I was watching. Some people might have seen this on the news, but there's this, this group of people out there. One out of 50 people have what they call, I forget what they call it. See, that's how bad it is. But they, they can't remember a face. They look at a face and they cannot remember it. Oh. They were actually talking about, like within a community, faces have a lot of similar characteristics. For example, you have a nose, you have an ear, you have a, you know, eyebrows, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it, it, I never thought of it, but there's a very complex thing that goes on when you look at a face to distinguish one from another. And your eyes do it very quickly and your brain picks up on it. For many people, it's like, so no big deal. But there's this whole group of people out there that when they look at a face without the hair and stuff, because the hair distinguishes some people. Yeah. But when they just look at a face, they can't, they have no idea who it is. It sounds kind of like face amnesia. It, it is kind of, but it's not that. It's actually uh, all their life is that way. And, and there are others, this is really cool, there are others that look at a face and then you show them a baby picture of somebody 60 years old or a bunch of babies and they can show you which one is them. Huh. I mean, their eyes are so keen as to characteristics on a face that they, and they never forget a face. They never forget one. Wow. So there's two extremes. On that, and I thought, how interesting. I think I'm on the forgetful side. One, it's not that I forget faces, but all the way through my life, I, maybe because I've met thousands and thousands of people. This will be my 49th summer, you know, at Silver Birch Ranch, and and you've met thousands of people. I I tend to make fun of people's names, or not make fun of them, rhyme them in my head, or do something with them. Right. And and then I remember them. And, and so Jason, who's usually on our program, and he might butt in here, you know, today even at the, he's having some things he's got to work on. But like, I'll just call him Big J instead of Jason, you know, and, and those kinds of things. And then I remember who it is. If I just, it, there's a lady on our staff named Margaret, and I always call her Margarock. <laughs> uh, I have no idea why. It just started. <laughs> and uh, our cook, her name is Brooke. I used to call her Brooke Stir, and now I just call her Stir. <laughs> And um, it's funny and sad at the same time because I really do struggle with names and I love people Mm -hmm. and I struggle with their names. So if if somebody meets me on the street and you say, boy, I know you and I'm struggling with your name, please forgive me. I do struggle that way. But it's not that I don't care. It's for some reason. I just, you know, it drives me nuts, especially when I'm with somebody who remembers everybody and their birthday and their phone number. You know, I mean, it's like, no kidding. How do you do that? Right. So people are wired differently. 
Hey, you know, sing song, rhyming, there are lots of different ways to remember names. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Dave. I don't remember names as well. I do remember faces. So I'll see somebody and I'm like, I know you or I know your twin. That's my favorite. I, yep. I met your twin. Remind me of your name. Yeah, and uh, it's just it works every time. But, you know, it's 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 funny how the brain does work. And I'm amazed at, you know, even the fact that I can recognize facial features or, you know, even people you haven't seen in a while, maybe they changed their haircut, maybe they changed, you know, something about them. And it's like, but I know you. And here's a weird thing that happens up here. Now, I'll be talking to somebody and somebody will come and say, do you remember me? Now, okay, you were a camper. You were an eight-year-old here 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you come and you look at me and say, do you remember me? And probably half the time I'll say, just a second. And Linda, my, my wife, knows what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at their eyes. And about half the time I'll come up with their name. Because I can't tell from the face or the hair or anything. But the eyes, to me, do not change. And yeah. if I have looked in this person's eyes before and, and knew their name, if I've seen their eyes and I've interacted with them, about half the time I can remember their name, which really freaks them out that I can do that. Wow. But I have to look at their eyes. I can't just like glance at their face or hear them or something. I have to look into their eyes and see something. And, you know, again, half the time it doesn't work either, so it's not all that great. But it, there's something about a person's eyes. That's what's so cool about community, though. When I'm talking to you, Jeff, or my students here at Nicolay Bible Institute, I can tell them all the stuff that I struggle with. I don't feel like I have to be this person that doesn't have any issues. Like, I can't spell worth a lick. I mean, I cannot spell at all. Never have been able to. And I teach, you know, so it's like, man, you're in trouble. I am <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. But you know what? I don't mind telling my students, look, I struggle with this. And uh, I even had a teacher once tell me, well, you need to carry a dictionary in college. And I, I said, you don't understand anything. Someone who can't spell a dictionary does not help them. I mean, they, they can't spell. Yeah. My wife has learned through the years, you know how you do mailings for nonprofits and things every once in a while, and you want to get put things in alphabetical order? Yep. If, if I'm putting something in alphabetical order, I have to start with A each time. Huh. In other words, I can't look like at a letter and get what's around it without starting at A. I am the slowest at putting things in alphabetical order that anybody that ever walked the planet. Yeah. And other weird stuff like that, that that takes place. Like if you were to ask me to go, this book in the Bible, tell me the two books around it. Jeff, I have read through the Bible for 30 <laughs> years every year. I teach the Bible all the time. And if you ask me the books around a certain book, I start in Genesis in my head. Right. I do the same and thing. And I, I have to do that. I cannot. Some people look at me and go, don't you, aren't you familiar with the Bible? I, I really am. <laughs> But but there's something about order like that, or spelling, or, you know, that I blank out, and I don't know what it is. Now, I just told everybody in the radio world that, I told you that, and I don't feel badly about myself. And that's because I live in a community that says, okay, that's who you are. What we need to do is help you be successful with who you are, and we'll surround you with people that can proofread and do other things. And you know what I mean? It's It's really a great place in life to be if you don't have to pretend and do everything well. Yeah. Well, this this show is a judgment-free zone. 
So as you're listening tonight, our whole goal on this show is to help you foster good conversations in your life, positive conversations. There's a lot of conversations that we can have that become destructive or they're self-centered, but this is a conversation, when we talk about conversations that save lives, it's really about fostering a real-life conversation you can have. You could talk with a friend, you could talk with your parents, you could talk with uh, an aunt, an uncle, someone that you respect, a mentor in your life. We want to help you have good conversations, and this week we're going to talk about what it means to build positive community. Recently, there was a segment or a series done uh, through one of our local newspapers, and it was about kids in crisis today. And one of the things that is talked about, it's it's a long series. We'll post some links under our show notes tonight. One of the things in the series that is talked about is how there really you know, isn't always a, a real effective community around or enough people that are within different spheres of influence or professions that make up a really positive or solid community to help our kids who are in crisis today. Now, that astounds me because living in Green Bay, living in this area, we have a lot of really great things happening here. But for some reason, this state really sees a lot of issues around mental health and even the suicide rate, whether it's among teenagers or young adults, even parents, older people, older generation leaders. uh, This is just an interesting thing that's happening in our area. And one of the key effective or one of the key blocks to whether it's a risk for an attempt of taking your own life or just the overall feeling of hopelessness and despair is having positive community around you. That's one of the things that they've done some of these talkbacks on, uh, that they talk about building positive relationships. And so we want to talk about what that means tonight here on the show because I think that's something that something everybody wants. We all want to be part of a group of people or surrounded by people who accept us for who we are, who don't judge us, who don't make us feel like we're out of place or on the outside. They want to include us. We're looking for that in our life, but oftentimes we don't know where to look. We don't know how to look. We're not really sure what we're even looking for. And so tonight, while we really think that community is a big thing that can make a big change in our life, it's something that's impacted my life. How do you find that? How do you know what to look for? We're going to talk about that here on the show tonight. Connect with the live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. And this conversation is just getting started here on Hopenet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW with you tonight here on the show. We're talking about building a true community and ways to build a positive community. One of the things that we're finding here in Northeast Wisconsin, there's there's a lot of interest right now around kids who are in crisis, going through some difficult times in their life, and, and really needing people around them, not just friends, not just maybe parents, but even professionals, people that come in that can add value, maybe bring understanding into their life. That includes a health community, lots of different resources that we're in need of. And maybe tonight, if that's you, if you're struggling and you're just needing someone to talk to, you can chat with a live coach anytime on our website, hopenet360.com. But Dave, building a positive community, this is something that I'm I'm super passionate about. Being a, a National Network of Youth Ministries coordinator here in Wisconsin, my goal, my passion is to help youth workers, help people who just love on kids come together and work together to see goals accomplished, to see their, their communities changed, their communities reached. I live and breathe networking, building positive community. I think there are two people in this world, Dave. There are people that look for community, 
And then there are people that actually build or they foster community to happen. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And, you know, building and fostering community isn't maybe what you think it is. I was going to ask you, what is your definition of a positive community? Positive community, it looks a lot different in different ways. You can build a community around a specific interest. So in this case, there's a community that's around kids' mental health. There's communities that are built around snowboarding. There are communities that are built around various hobbies. If you like hunting or you like fishing or you like uh, doing things in the outdoors, you know, geocaching. Okay. Um, there are little niche communities around there. But then we're all part of a larger community, whether right. it's your local city, uh, maybe it's your county, maybe it's your school. Um, so the community, this kind of, it, it looks different in different ways, if that makes sense. Okay. So, so somebody that, that's trying to be a part of a community and understands that importance. I mean, I think of a guy like Nehemiah. And, and Nehemiah, that community, if you want to say, was really kind of in disarray. Yeah. There was one guy in Nehemiah who understood that. And I would encourage our people to go read the book of Nehemiah. It's not that long. But it, Nehemiah got this burden to go and straighten out the problem. And he went and he did. He used his own resources, his own time. But he was, he was consumed with that community to make it what it should be. In other words, there was somebody that came in that, that was really a spark plug to the whole thing. And it wasn't an easy thing. I mean, they ended up building a wall. They ended up having to defend themselves. But he was right in the middle of it, working with them and, 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 and making it a community that, that one day would honor God. And it was very interesting to see that. So, uh, you know, that was a positive community, although there were some very tough moments within the community itself. Yeah. And so when I look at community, I think, man, there's, you know, we were made to be in community. That's what we were made to do. Mm-hmm. Um, often I think of uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, um, talking about the body of Christ, there's 13, but where the body of Christ is, is mentioned. And the body to me, Jeff, is the ultimate community. Hmm. That, that's it. Um, when, when you think about it. When you do something today, did you drink coffee today? Uh, yes, I have drink drank coffee today. And, and, and you are now? I am now, yes. I would yes, probably see, be an addict. When you grab the cup of coffee, do you think, whoa, fingers, nice job? Oh, um, no, that would be weird. I don't talk to my hands. No, it would be. You see, what, what's interesting is, what makes your finger successful? Uh, my brain, I think. Okay. And muscles. Yeah, you don't think about this, do you? You don't think about... Okay, I need to pick up that cup of coffee and you stare at it and you don't think, all right, now, should I pick it up with my toes? Should I just grab it with my mouth and try and down it? Should I lick it? I mean, you don't think that way, do you? No, I don't, actually. No. No, what's really interesting is the body God gave us is an example of a perfect community when it runs right. What happens is, is that the brain sends signals and my fingers are successful when they have unfettered access to the brain. And the brain will put my fingers where they're most gifted, and it'll do it without question. And But it all works together. It's like your fingers are saying the rest of your body, your lips, your tongue, your stomach, your everything else is crying out for coffee. Why don't I help you get there? You know, I mean, I, I am going to do what I'm gifted at and grab this cup. Then the bicep and the tricep and everything else that, that has to move in order to get that cup up to my mouth and my lips are going to grab the edge of it. And you know what? It, it all works in unity and you didn't even think about it. Hmm. And so that is a very, very positive community right there. Yeah. When you have a, a virus or something get into your body, the whole community starts to go after it to try and destroy it. Hmm. When you have a, a broken leg, your whole community has to adjust until that leg heals. And the goal is total healing 
so that you can not limp again. I mean, that's the goal. And the whole community works towards that. In other words, when you start looking at the body principle, you start to see that really the most important thing of any community is that they have unfettered access to the brain, which is God. That's what we work towards. And then what happens is each part of the community, each member in the community, has a different goal and a different way that they achieve things. And, and it's for the brain to put them on the right spot. I celebrate that, Jeff. Kids at Nicolay Bible Institute and the young people that I've worked with through the years, I really enjoy their differences. And if they come and say, you know what, I, I love God I, and yet I love art. But, you know, since I love God and that kind of thing, maybe I should be a, a pastor. I'm thinking, why don't you be an artist? Why don't you do what God put in your heart to do hmm. and see what he does with it and, and allow the body to function that we talked in the last segment, you know, I have my limitations in spelling and different things. And you know what? I've written books. It hasn't stopped me. There's been other parts of the body that have just said, yeah, that's not your thing. We'll, we'll come alongside you and help you. Wow. Yeah. That's how things work. That is. You know, I mean, that's really how things work. And that's, so the body is a picture. When the body is working right, it's a picture of a healthy community. And we need to sit and think about that and understand what our body part is. And if we have unfettered access to the brain, who's God, and if we understand how to cheer each body part on, so not overthink gifts. I really don't think often about what my hand is gifted at. I don't think I think ever of what my hand is gifted at. But my brain knows what it's gifted at and just puts it there. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like I get over-consumed with things at times, and it slows me down. Think about this. If you were looking at that cup of coffee, and now your brain started to have to spend 10 minutes trying to figure out What's the most gifted part to grab that? It doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. It you doesn't. waste a lot of time. So you go into a lot of places and people are talking about, I got to find my giftedness. I got to find my giftedness. And I look at them and go, I think you got to find God. Hmm. You know, I think just really get unfettered access to God and see where it goes. And I'm not minimizing the gifts. I'm not minimizing that there are gifts. I'm just saying, let God take your gift. And sometimes, you know what even happens? He puts you where you're not gifted. I don't know if you've ever used your hands I certainly have for things I'm not gifted at with mm-hmm. them. I shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z with it. I sometimes open bottles with my teeth. You know, I mean, it's really not a good idea. Yeah. I do not do that. <laughs> Don't do that. That hurts. But for some reason, I still do that at times. And it's like my wife will look at me and go, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I don't really care their giftedness right now. I want to open this bottle. <laughs> you know, I, all right. So you see, it's, it's sometimes you just do what you're told. And the brain will put you where you, where he wants you or she wants you, wherever your brain is. In this case, it's a he when we're talking about God. And so I encourage you to think about that analogy because I think that's the perfect community if we could live within that context. Yeah. One of the things that builds positive community is that it works off of people's strengths. So if you're in a community of people, you find someone that, you know, can do a various thing. Now, people who have disabilities, people who have Maybe bodies, physical bodies that don't work the same way that mine works. You can still be in community. And the reality is you are, you probably are in a community, uh, but it also includes people that can help you in your time. That's what I think. Positive community, it really comes to people helping people. That's what it boils down to. And one of the ways that people help people is they use those giftings. They use their strengths 
to make up for someone else's weakness. So if someone can't do something, well, guess what? Someone else can come in there. They can help you do it, maybe do it better. They can help you learn how to do it. Or they could just take that part and do it, and then you take your strength and you do it. And people around you come together. They bring their strengths, their resources. We're going to talk about this tonight on the show because this is, again, unpacking kind of this big this big phrase of building positive community. When we come back on the show, we've got a really neat interview. Again, some of our Winter Jam friends came and hang out at Winter Jam with us. And so we're going to talk to a few more of them tonight on the show when we come back. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Tonight we're talking about building positive community. How do we do that? Tonight we're going to sit down with some special friends of ours. We've got some friends from Winter Jam back with us on the show. And we're just going to talk about life, talk about some real life issues. So here is our interview with our Winter Jam crew. Cameron's back with us. We got Sierra, we got Lakin, we got DJ Fall, and my good friend Brenton. So welcome back, you guys. It's fun hanging out. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about some things over the last few weeks. And I think, you know, you guys have a unique perspective. Your generation is kind of this next generation that... Some of us older ones are looking to to kind of see where things are going to go from this point forward. You know, right now, my generation is the largest generation in the workforce today, but that's going to become you guys someday. And we're kind of looking at some things in our culture. And I want to talk about this. Lakin, you brought up, as we were talking about, you know, stereotypical teenagers and this idea that every teen, you know, lives in a way where they're attached to their phones, like it's a part of them. It's no longer like an accessory. It's like it actually lives and breathes and moves in their hand. It's amazing. Is this true? I mean, are, is every teenager today addicted to their cell phones or their, their smartphones? I'm going to have to go with no because my good buddy Cameron over here Hi. is not on the grid right now. So he states, but I don't really believe it. Um, wow. Throwing me under the bus. <laughs> sorry, Cam. Can I call you that? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yes, I'm on, like, every social media site. I would say I'm addicted. But not every teen is. I would agree with that assessment. Not every teen falls into this. We can't be lumping them. But many, many teens today, you know, struggle with this. Like, it, it is like an addiction. Like, if you didn't have your smartphone, like, what would happen? Well... I used to have an iPod before I bought my first smartphone. Like, I paid for my own, and I still pay for it. But if, like, we grew up without them, our society would be much more, like, less evolved. And I feel like everybody would still be playing with, like, toys. Because I remember my mom told me she used to play with Barbies up until she was, like, in eighth grade. So that would have been us. That's a generational change. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, second graders have iPhones. Yeah, that that disturbs me quite frankly, quite a bit. Why is that? I don't know. I I feel like um, I had like a like a track phone for a long time, and it kind of we went over like the responsibilities of having like a like a real smartphone to use instead of just this kind of you know throw in one. So you know I got the responsibility talk and like I like nailed like like make sure to call your mother and I all the time. Like we're giving you this privilege, and like I agree. I think it was super beneficial. 
but like you see kids that like don't even know what they're doing with it except for like watching minecraft videos all the time and like oh goodness not that minecraft's bad but like in general you got to have some knowledge about what you're trying to use and i feel like if you take that part out of the equation it's just it, it becomes this landslide of like how much do you not know what you're putting out there and so you're talking about the responsibility that comes with it yeah I'm a, I'm a responsibility guy. I try and make sure everybody gets a good dose of it and uses it properly. But um, no, I, I don't know. I'm not a social media person. I just like, I'd say I'm probably the exception in that regard, like she was saying. I just find it more beneficial to me to know that like there aren't all these other sides of what I put out there that I need to be worried about because right now there is one Cameron for me and like it changes sometimes depending on who I'm with of like how I present myself. But like my attitude in general and like the way I carry myself does not change simply because I'm talking in this room or that or to that group or to this. So I feel like if you if you make all these different accounts and stuff and you 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 know you put yourself out there in too many ways, is they become only as real as you allow them to be. So if you you put too much power into the hands of other people liking and unliking and commenting and trying to get to know you too well, even if you don't know them that much, it's you're literally just saying, like, help me create me instead mm. of, yeah. Wow. Sierra, I see you shaking your head over there. What are your thoughts on teens and technology? I mean, is this something that you see as being an epidemic, like it's problematic? I feel like it's not such a great idea because you get addicted to it and you tend to not, like, communicate with people, like, in person. Like, sometimes people would be sitting next to each other, and they'd be texting each other, and they're literally right next to each other. And I feel like that bothers me because you're not communicating like you should be, like a normal human being. That bothers you to be in the same room and instead of talking, like, just, you know, messaging and yeah. or snapping or whatever you got to do? Yes. And so you'd actually prefer, like, face-to-face -face conversation? Yeah, because I feel like it's more real and it's and you can understand the way like if you're getting into a deep conversation with someone, you can like understand how they feel and just go from there. Yeah. Can I jump in here? Absolutely, Lakin. Well, I'm not gonna lie, because like I've gone on a date before and like I hate when other people sit there on their phones, like oh, your own public. Like it's okay. I think it'd be like okay. If you're like maybe just like sitting at home together and like you pulled it out to check it or something, but if you're together, unless you're like checking in with like your mom or something, I feel like it's not a necess like not a necessity to pull it out. And so, is that how you act like on a whether it's on a date or just hanging with friends? Like, do you stay off your phone? Do you have certain boundaries that way? Or? Well, I would say it's definitely different with different people. Like I know with like my friends. We'll sit in the same room and we'll like all sit on our phones kind of, but like we're still talking or like we'll like talk about the stuff we're looking at. But like if you are in a date, I feel like it's very awkward to sit there while you watch somebody else sit on their phone. What do you think, DJ Fall? Well, everyone's spitting out inspiration over here and I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> can, I, can I kind of like interrogate you for a second? So like how much would you say it has been like an impact on your life, like social media <clears throat> stuff? So like I'm a curious lot. now. 100% all the way thanks Wolfman <laughs> um, I don't know without social media I feel like I wouldn't know as many people as I do and some people I got close to over social media 
And I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't know them without it. So if the internet crashed like 100% tonight, would you be devastated? Um, like yeah. internet and data and like, I mean, couldn't get to Facebook, couldn't get to Instagram. Yeah, I'd be sad because I wouldn't be able to fall asleep at night. Oh, that's hard. I feel like I would be very devastated, but I'd like to say that I wouldn't. If I knew everybody was off the grid, like nobody could have it, I feel like it would be more of a sense of ease. But like, if it was just me, like just my phone crashed, I'd be really like mad. It's crazy too, because you guys are growing up in an age where you didn't know what life was like without internet. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that a crazy thought? I don't know. I mean, they like, computers when we were born. It's, it's true. I don't know. Uh, we weren't like hooked up to. Well, Actually, I, just, I have an idea of it because me and you were just sending notes to each other. So. Oh yeah, that's true. We were passing <laughs> notes back and forth about. <laughs> oh, here's another content. note. So like, they're not just, like awful. They're just like strange. Autumn really wouldn't know anything because her apps are blocked right now. Yeah, my mom blocks my apps. Jeez. But so is that a good use- thing or not a good thing? It's so I don't use my phone in school. So it is a good thing, so I keep my grades up, and I can keep my phone. That is a good thing. Just don't look up the app, because it'll ruin your children's lives. Wow. <laughs> what's, what's the app for those parents watching? Um, Instagram. <laughs> what? No, that, no, no, never that's, no. I don't know if we're going to get a straight answer. No. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I think it's our pact, maybe. All right, hey, we're going to take a break here on the show. Great conversation, you guys. This is technology and your generation. I mean, when I look at your generation growing up in a day and an age where you didn't know, I mean, you always had the internet at your fingertips, whether or not you realized it or you used it, it was just always available. Special thanks to our Winter Jam crew for hanging out with us here on HopeNet Radio. We'll have more interviews as we go along this month. And we always appreciate hearing young voices. So thank you guys for being a part of this conversation. And the second half of HopeNet Radio is coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, Dita with you tonight. Jason just popped in on the show. Jason, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Thank you. You know, I was sitting thinking that I couldn't miss another episode of HopeNet, so I had to run down to the studio before you guys got all done. So I'm go. here. So there you go. Did you bring any peeps? I, I resisted. Good. Thank you. I resisted. Thank you. You're still part of our team then. When you start bringing peeps, we lock the you door. You know what? I can't even say that the temptation was there to That's bring good. them. So, what about coconut oil? A coconut oil, uh, I could probably. What if you rub peeps in coconut lather oil? Lather some peeps in coconut oil. What if you rubbed peeps in coconut oil and then ate them? That would be no. That's a terrible idea, Dave. Would that be healthy at all? Because coconut oil is healthy. I mean, would would rubbing a it, peep in oil you know, and then maybe, eating it? Maybe it would turn it into like a natural cleanse of sorts. <laughs> You know. Yeah, it would really go right through your system, is what you're saying. <laughs> or, or cause everything in your system to come right up. There you go. The okay. <laughs> we, we need to go somewhere else with this conversation. Hey, we're talking about building positive community tonight. You guys are part of my positive community. I've known you for a few years now, and, and uh, not only do I trust you guys, I always look for ways that we can do things 
more effectively. And I love what happens at Silver Birch Ranch. I love being able to go up there for various camps or, you know, even Winter Jam. That was a, that was such a fun weekend. And I see people coming together and they're working together. They, they're from all over the place and they come together. They are in community for a week or a weekend and they go back and I know their lives are changed. My life is different because I've met different people and I've had some really neat interactions and awesome conversations. This is what community is supposed to be like. And we talked a lot about the negative sides of community. I mean, there's dysfunction that's all around us, but the reality is we don't need to focus on the dysfunction. We need to focus on how to actually build a positive community. And tonight I want to talk about four various ways that even the faith community, one of the things that I do is networking youth pastors. That's one of the things that I do aside from this show is, is I'm in the community, I'm networking across different churches, different people um, who are in youth ministry. We just had a conference a few weeks back and I just, I live and breathe networking. I, I'm not because I like friends, but because I love seeing the church come together. I love seeing people who are maybe in different seasons in life come together add their strengths into the mix, and just see what happens. See how the community is different because we all work together. This idea that we are better together. And there are four key ways that I talk about building a positive network of youth ministries. Network and community are kind of synonymous here. And so we talk about these things. Number one, the first thing that a positive community can do is, number one, they can pray together or at least build unity around a certain issue. So you might not be in a faith community, but you're asking, well, how can I come together? And and what's one of the ways to start with? Well, find a common focus, a common unifying factor in your community. And in the faith community, it's praying together. We just come together. We seek God. We say, okay, the spiritual temperature of our community needs to change. What's the first thing we do? We've got to start with prayer. Second thing is we build relationships. Relationships, 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 positive relationships, healthy relationships, and from there we can actually build trust. Building relationships just adds to that level of trust. The third thing, we share resources, and so that can be ideas, it can be books, it can be stuff that you know maybe I've used in the past that has worked. It's not charging for that. It's like, I just want to help you to be successful. Dave, you talk about this a lot. You want to help young people, you want to help anybody you come in contact with to be successful. So one of the ways you do that is probably sharing resources or this fourth thing, developing strategies, actually effectively reaching ways. And you can look at some data. You can look at how numbers have changed because of your strategy or because you did something, whether it was an outreach or it was just a a new teaching style, teaching lesson. So looking at some systematic things, how we do what we do better. And so there are some people that are really good at that sort of thing. There are some people that need help with those things. And the best thing a community can do is it can bring people with various strengths together and it builds this really cool picture. I think of a stained glass window, Dave, where you bring different pieces or different shapes. They all fit together and they create this really amazing piece of artwork. And when the light hits that, it just kind of glows. It brightens up the room. And that's why I love walking into the really old, old church buildings where they have all these stained glass windows. There's these different pieces, different colors, and they all come together and they make this really beautiful, profound picture. And I see the same thing. That's what community is. It's just a picture of like a melting pot of different people, different giftings, different strengths. And uh, they come together, they put those together, and great things happen. Right. You know, and and we talked about that a couple segments ago on, on... You know, the perfect community example is, is the body. It works together. It works towards building each other up. It shares its resources. All the energy doesn't go to the knees. 
you know what I mean that kind of thing and 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 and, and you're always developing strategies as a body to, to go ahead and be the best you can be completely it's important to understand that what what communities do is is cheer each other on and hold each other accountable those are two things that we do the cheering each other on can be simple and it can be meaningless if you cheer each other on over nothing if that's all you're trying to do is cheer people on yeah. or it can be something that's very positive because people need to understand what they do well and we need to encourage them it's also holding people accountable i mean otherwise it's a worthless community it's it, it, because all of us have our noses close to the elephant and, and the elephant is dark and dirty and smelly but so we need people in our community to look at it differently I think, Jay, you work with a, a lot of people in, in trying to help. Uh, you know, we offer a different service here than a church can provide yeah. here at camp. So what are your thoughts on, on building communities that are positive in an environment like what we're doing? You know, I think it's realizing that that we're all part of a community, first and foremost. I think we forget that sometimes just because we're we're so focused on doing the here and the now, whether it's, you know, doing my role in my job or that sort of thing. And the beauty about a place like this at camp is, you know, especially during the summer, we get so many different youth groups that come together. So you get youth pastors that come together with other youth pastors. And my role is bringing them together and doing a week investing into their students. Right. And it's amazing to see how that comes together because they realize that they're not the only ones doing this, that there's other people within other groups of students doing the exact same thing that might have a diff- even a different perspective. And so all of a sudden you take these guys that you know, before and might not have known each other, you introduce them to each other and all of a sudden now they're rubbing off on each other, helping each other grow stronger because it's, they look at their situation and say, you know what? I never thought about that. You know, tell me more about that. And it learn and you learn and right. you grow. And, and in doing so, it, it's, it's accomplishing what you were just talking about. Right. You know, is it, it's, it's cheering each other on. It's offering ideas. It's offering some feedback. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're keeping each other accountable, making sure that you're, that we're focused on what we need to be focused on. You know, and, and that's, that's the, cool so it thing all about starts with knowing what to focus on, really. Exactly. I mean, for us in, in this ministry, we have a big motto outside that says to know Christ, to make him known. Yeah. And, and that's really what we want to focus on. And we want to focus on relationships in the local level with that. So the only place that's doing that, as far as we're concerned, or should be really doing that is the local church. Absolutely. So we're working through that local church to try and provide something that they can't provide on their campuses. Right. And it's our way of coming alongside us saying, hey, you know, we want to help you so that your ministry furthers and your relationships grow. I mean, that's why we encourage them to bring their own leaders is so those relationships can happen. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, Jay and Jay, Jeff and Jason. (laughs) Uh, What's interesting is years ago when camping became more of a business, what happened was the idea of relationships started to fade a little bit. And I remember going through that history period and what they did is they just took counselors and they just trained them from wherever and had kids come up and they tried to do it. And, and you know what you find in those camps, actually, is that they're struggling. There's a tremendous problem losing that local relationship and losing the relationship tie and just trying to be something outside of the community and then go back in, plug into the community. We need to always work and think in terms of community, not in terms of individuality. And that's really important to see. Yeah. But you know what? Community does... In some way, it brings in individuals together. And so one of the things that will hinder community is this thing called pride and ego. A lot of times when you get these two into the mix, you know, someone that says, well, I can do this better. I can do it. And it might be true. You very well could do things better. But sometimes the better thing isn't to do it yourself, but sometimes the better thing is to help somebody else do it and do it better than you can. 
And so by offering resources, offering maybe use those giftings and and just take a, a little bit of a back seat and just let them go. And if they need help, support them. But that's one of, one of the ways that I've found in networking with people because I'm I'm kind of that guy, and I'm sure Dave, Jason, you would agree with this too. You've got some different giftings that maybe overlap with other people. But the best thing isn't to just take it over and do it necessarily. Sometimes the best thing is to actually let them grow in those giftings and let them stretch their wings and and use those strengths and develop them into greater strengths in the future. So I want to talk more about what it means to build positive community and just some practical ways that you can start doing this in your own life when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, you can chat with the live coach anytime. Click on that Talk to a Live Coach button. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight here on the show. We've been talking about building positive community. And guys, coming back to the couple of things we were talking about Using your strengths and one of the things that is a hang up for positive community is that, you know, we get our pride, we get our, even our own selfishness gets in the way. And instead of sharing our strengths, a lot of times we'll just kind of not share our strengths in some ways. And that doesn't build positive community, but the whole reasoning behind building a positive community and why we need that is number one, we're all created for community. And I think it is important to acknowledge that. Um, so if you're not living in community, it is it is one of those things that I would begin to think about. In 2016, how do I surround myself with the right groups of people? How do I plug into a group that I can use my strengths, I can use the things that I'm good at doing and add value in my community? Because the truth is, you were given your gifts not just for yourself. You were given the gifts, the skills, the abilities that you have to serve other people, to, in, in essence, build a positive community, build a good, strong community. That's one of the very big reasons that I encourage people to get involved, whether it's through service projects or it's volunteering. Just use your gifts, not just as a source of income or revenue for you, but use your gifts to make someone else's life better or improve someone's quality of life. There's a lot of different ways that you can go with this, but have an attitude of servanthood. That, that that only helps in a community. Offer your resources, offer your talents, offer your giftings. Dave, Jason, I know you guys love networking and talking about strengths and abilities. How do you guys do this? Well, you know what? I, I just keep thinking that there's two things that God told us to do, and that's to love him with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and to love each other. That's all community stuff. Love him. What does he say loving him is? It's obeying him. So what is that? We talked about the body principle. That's being unfettered access to God all the time. So that's my number one responsibility. My next responsibility is to look at the people I'm with and say, what do I need to do to make them successful? And that really, if you ask those two questions, you're going to be part of a positive part of community. It doesn't mean that everybody in the community is going to love you, by the way. It means that you're going to be a positive part of the community. Yeah, That's an important distinction. I go back to the body principle because God gave it to us. You know what? It, it's not like my fingers are arguing with my knee about which one gets prominent place. It's not like my toes are arguing with my cheeks about you know um, who you know what's going to do what role and, and, and that kind of thing. It, it doesn't happen. They all submit to the brain, and the brain puts them where it's best. And the only time I have to focus on an individual part is when it's broken. Do you ever think of that? Hmm. Yeah. That's the only time you focus on it is when it's broken. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Really what people do in a community is say, look at me, focus on me, focus on me. You're going, are you broken? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I don't work right. So when the community works well, when it works well, you do not see the individual parts. Yeah. You see the whole. When it works poorly, you see the individual parts. Or when you think poorly about it. You know, I mean, uh, some of us have that trouble. For example, there's some people that think, uh, they come to summer camp and they see Jason in front of everybody and they think, well, he's the guy that causes everything to happen. There's one guy here that does that. Well, now you're not thinking correctly. Mm-hmm. There are many. Jason has a certain responsibility, and yes, it's a big responsibility, but there are many in yeah. that. In, in that. So what happens there is that's where idol worship comes a little bit. You start thinking, well, it's going well, so Jason's a wonderful guy and he must be. And, and then you find out he's human, then you get mad at him and the whole body starts freaking out. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that, that's not a good thing. So when you said yeah. that, Jeff, I was just thinking, you know what? It, the body principle to me keeps kicking in. My hands, my feet, my palms, my knees are, are not screaming for any recognition. They just do what they're told. And they have this unfettered access to the brain. My mom had a 10, 12, I forget how many years of strokes. She lost the use of her left arm completely. Mm. It no longer had access to the brain. And I'm telling you, that was a hardship. Uh, the arm became a huge burden in life. Um, the left leg became something that was dragged around. That was a huge burden. And it was not something that would allow her anymore to function well. And unfortunately, that's what happens sometimes in our spiritual communities is that people are demanding um, focus on them and really they're injured and they stay injured and they don't allow people of the community to come aside them. When my mom, um, the last time she had a stroke and they told her she'd never walk again and we took her to a, a, a home, it wasn't a nursing home, it was a, I forget what to call it, but the nurse looked at me before we left her and she said, your mom can walk. I said, well, he said she couldn't. She goes, come back in a week. Hmm. And I did, and she was walking. See, there was somebody there that said, I can get that part to work. I can get that part to work. They didn't get her arm to work, but they did get her leg to work again. And I thought, you know, that's part of somebody in the community that had a different gift that saw that this could work. They said, let me work on it, and they were trying, and it was better for her, you know. And that's how it works. But uh, a lot of analogies in that, that body thing, and I hope our listeners will keep listening. You know, I think that's crucial as we, as we think about how we relate to each other, you know, because like you said, I think sometimes in community, oftentimes our first concern is what we can get out of it. And, right. I, think, and I think that's where we kind of step into it wrongly. And so, I mean, even just going back to what we've been talking about, it's, it's really about encouraging each other and cheering each other on, you know, and that takes the focus immediately off of you and on others. You know, and, and even here at, you know, I just go back to camp because this is the community I'm in. And even just seeing how our staff functions together, you know, it's how we can make each other successful. Right. And how it isn't really solely based on each of us individually, you know, because if I were to leave now and not be here for the summer, summer would still happen. Right. Because it's bigger than me. But within the community, as we do it together, that's where we learn and grow. It, but here's where you could get in trouble. Let's right. say that that that's how it's set up. But you say now okay, then you need to do this, 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 and this, or you're not working at making me successful, so you're not part of a, hmm. so I'm not part of a positive community. That's where you get in trouble. Yeah. Hmm. You, what you do is you focus on your unfettered access to God. Right. And then you focus on every person that you meet 
including those that are over you in authority and those who are under you. Yeah. And and you think, what do I do to make them successful? Right. Yep. Now you're in a community. Right. And and yes, it can get ugly. Yeah. In that community, because you're you're saying, I got toenail fungus, man. We got to do something about that. You know, yeah. I mean. The whole community has to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And you know if you take like medicine for toenail fungus, it really affects your liver and everything else. So the whole community gets affected yeah. when you do that. So it's a community decision when you do that. Mm-hmm. It isn't like an individual decision. And, and that's what we begin to understand. And that's what I think so many people miss, part of a, a, a healthy community, because they're putting all the parameters on it. Like if I'm going to be a part of a community, then it needs to meet my needs this way. Yeah. If you ever think that, then you're not ready to be a part of a healthy community. You're still, you guys have young children. When they're born, they are totally focused on self. Yep. It is your job in life to make them a part of a family community yeah. that is not totally focused on self. That is a huge undertaking because really, and what you'll see in ministry is people like your children who should no longer be children who are acting that way, like they're still focused on themselves. And parents need to understand your job, your role is to get your children ready for a positive community. Mm-hmm. And that means that the world does not revolve around them. Yeah. In fact, they try and figure out from an early age, how can I help? How can I? And they will think, they will feel weird, but you need to instill that at a very early age. You know, the temptation is, like you said, Dave, to build community around me so that it meets my needs. And if that is your perspective, there are a lot of people that I know that have tried that, that I've met, that I've talked to, that I've even tried to mentor and say, you know, you need to change that attitude. It's not about you. I know you have needs. I get it. I have needs. Everybody's got needs. But your first priority is not about getting your needs met. It's about meeting someone else's needs. Because I can guarantee you in the times where I've had that attitude where I felt, you know, I'm going to join this group or this, you know, social club or, or this, you know, maybe mentor group. It was about me. And for a time, I let it be about me. And the reality is, is I was kind of disappointed because people didn't meet my needs like I thought they would. And then I found out that the real success came in my life when I stopped looking at it about being about me or my organization or, you know, my career. And I just thought about, well, maybe I can bring my skills and my values and I could just offer them. I could just, you know, maybe there are things that I've gone through in my life that, you know, I've got experience in. I'm just going to offer, I'm going to lend my support. I'm going to lend my willing attitude to just go in and serve and, and meet some needs and see what happens. Time after time after time, I've found that it's a lot easier to get my needs met or to at least see some of my goals accomplished when I'm concerned about someone else's goals or someone else's well-being. And so maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you've been frustrated lately because you've tried to become friends with this person because you felt like, well, they could be a really good friend to me and it would help me socially, would help me maybe get on the basketball team or, you know, into this social group or get this job. And the reality is that usually falls short and we get that mixed up with what really does matter in life. It matters more that you care about somebody else and you're willing to plug in and offer your strengths with no strings attached. This is known as unconditional love. That's something the positive community needs is unconditional love, a place that is safe, a place that is judgment free. And we're going to wrap up this conversation when we come back on the show. Remember, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Just visit our website, HopeNet360.com slash podcast. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. 
This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also, you can go ahead and download this episode. Share it with your friends. Share the notes. Share this conversation with somebody this week. Talking about building positive community. And before we wrap up tonight, guys, our conversation has really been deep. There's a lot of things that go into building community. There's a lot of things that take away from community. We need people in our world. We need people in our communities that want to build positive community. And really where that starts is just looking for, look for a problem, look for an issue that's rising up in your community, in your local place. Maybe it's you're in your schools. Find a situation that's just not right. And look for ways to make that right. Get people around it. Find a way to add your strengths into the mix. But get people around you to do that. And one of the ways that I do that, I go into different places, schools or businesses or church groups and and train people to recognize the signs for suicide and depression and what to do, how to respond with it. So the QPR training model is something that we've adopted here at HopeNet and HopeNet 360 to be able to help people to have eyes beyond what they normally would see in the day-to-day world um, around an issue that really is prevalent. And when we talk about mental health, we talk about kids in crisis, adults in crisis, parents, young adults, college students, you guys, and you go through times in life where it seems like you're at an impasse where things that your expectations were such that they've been not only shattered, but it seems like there is just no way to get there. Well, there's reality is there's a community of people that believe that this isn't the end. This isn't the part where you throw in the towel and just give up and, and maybe you just go numb and you say, that's it. No, our whole goal on this show is to help you guys have great conversations to talk about some of these things. Now, it can be about a lot of different issues, and I know Jason, Dave, you guys have a lot of different experience, but the idea of building positive community. Dave, I love coming back to just the one thing you can do is to get people around you, to get someone that's older than you, smarter than you, loves you, and you can trust them and have open dialogue and talking with them. I think that's one real easy way to start building community today. You know what? It's really important to have other people in your life with other skills and abilities because you only have a certain skill and ability. You're a finger, a toe, whatever you are. And you really need the whole body to be successful. And so, and it benefits you and it benefits the community and it benefits the whole. In other words, when you look at Dave Wager, you're not saying, wow, he, he just went to the store. Did you see how magnificent his thumb was in carrying that bag? You, you don't do that. You might say, well, he carried a lot of bags or something, but it's the whole that you're looking at, not the individual parts. And so you want to be around somebody who understands that. And I think a lot of times that's why God might have invented older people. There, there's a lot of experience in their life. They may not be smarter in, in certain areas, but they have experience. And what happens is they can give that experience away. And you want to find someone who's willing to give it away and, and be with them. However, being somebody who's starting to approach that older side, you have to realize that if that person in your life is giving you some of their experience and you keep justifying why you don't want to take it and why you're going to stay the same way, then they'll probably quit talking to you because it's not like they have to force anything on you. They've learned something in life. They can tell you what they've learned. And uh, if you don't want to take it, certainly that's up to you. But the goal should be on both occasions that um, the younger one should be wanting that older person to be a part of their life and be successful, and the older person needs to be a part of that younger one wanting to be successful. It takes humility on both ends because nobody has uh, uh, the perfect view of everything in life. Older people like myself can certainly learn much from 
those who are before us right now um, uh, in in age and um, and and hopefully the community then is more focused on listening to the brain and operating in a way that makes every other member successful and then they'd be okay it's a real simple thing it's not that difficult yeah and I think I think that's the main thing that we need to keep in mind is that the community aspect is really investing into others and putting others first and, and it's realizing that in the most humble sense of the of, of the way of about doing it because if you get too focused on you know investing in others then you're not being invested in yourself and right. growing and sharpening yourself and so that's how you can you know build community and also look for community you know because i think it's a both and in the sense of you know it's in order to be in community it's it's an active role of investing into others and being invested, you know, and so that's why even in my life, you know, I have people older than me that I want them to build into me so that I can grow and I can learn from them and glean from them. But at the same time, I'm investing into people that right. are younger than me or even my same age. And the reason, learn. and the reason you walk with God and and know the Bible and spend time with them is really not for yourself, but so that you can help somebody else. Hmm. And you say, well, you're never doing anything for yourself. Well, in that sense, you are doing something right. for yourself. But see, the motivation, if you can keep it away from you, yeah. you're healthy. Because now you, I need to be in God's Word. Dave Wager needs to be in God's Word so that I can be the friend and the mentor and the radio guy, whatever. That's why I'm in it. Yeah. Not for me, but in the process, me is taken care of. Yeah. You know, and that's the way that works. The me first mentality has to go. If you're going to build a positive community starting today, you got to let that go. And that could be a hurdle for you. And if you need to, you can chat with the live coach tonight about that and, and just talk about it. You know, admitting that you have a problem with self-centeredness, it's okay. I have a problem with self-centeredness sometimes. I don't feel like doing certain things all the time, you know, that require me to give up my rights or give up my preferences even. I prefer something to go a certain way or someone to do something in the right time. And I have to just let those expectations kind of go because I realize maybe my expectations are out of line in life. I need somebody in my life to tell me that, yes, Jeff, you do have a problem with this. But the reality is, is you can get over this problem. You can get over this hurdle in your life. And when you do that, it opens up some really amazing doors in your life. And if you're somebody who is passionate about networking or building community around maybe a given topic or a given cause, uh, maybe your church is looking to build community around their community. I'd love to just open the dialogue for conversation. You can always get a hold of us at hope at hopenet360.com here on this show. And I'd love to come out and just talk to you, meet you, maybe do some kind of a phone call, something to help you build real community in your neck of the woods, wherever you're at. And uh, anyway, we can help with that. We'd love to do that. If you are in youth work or children's work and you're looking for ways to collaborate with other churches, other groups, again, we'd love to just provide some resources there and, and see what we can do to help launch those in your community. So check out our website, hopenet360.com. Get a hold of us and let us know that that's something that you really want to do. And uh, of course, you can subscribe to the show at hopenet360.com slash podcast. We podcast every single show so you can go back and listen to it. And along with that, we do provide show notes. So on our website under tonight's post, you'll see some notes, some things we talked about, maybe some tweets. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can always share your thoughts with us. Use the hashtag HNRTV if you're on Twitter and you have a thought from tonight's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week on HopeNet Radio. It's been a lot of fun, and we hope you guys would build positive community starting today. So for all of us here on the show, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Later. Thank you.